Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. San Francisco is investing more than a billion dollars to address homelessness over the next two years. Looking at streets and neighborhoods across the city, you wouldn't know it. The pandemic has made conditions even more dire for the unhoused population, and it's affecting the quality of life for housed San Francisco residents, too. On any given night, Thousands of people sleep on San Francisco's streets. Supervisor Raphael Mandelman wants to change that by requiring the city to offer shelter to all unhoused people. There are cities and states that um, have right to shelter or shelter for all policies. And those um, places have much better street conditions than San Francisco does. New York, Massachusetts. You can criticize aspects of their homelessness response, but you cannot argue that they do a better job of managing unsheltered homelessness than we do. On Tuesday, Mandelman is reproposing a shelter mandate that he tried to introduce back in 2020 that didn't make it out of committee. Critics said the city should be investing in permanent solutions, not temporary ones, and that a mandate could potentially criminalize the homeless. But Mandelman says that mandated shelter options will be a key component of San Francisco's economic recovery by improving the poor street conditions that have kept tourists and shoppers away. So Mandelman's made a few tweaks to that proposal, and I spoke to him a day before he presented it. You'll hear from him during my conversation with Chronicle City Hall reporter Mallory Mensch, who's here to walk us through the legislation. Mallory, nice to have you on Fifth Emission. Thanks for having me today. So Mallory, explain for us what Supervisor Mandelman is trying to achieve with this place for all proposal. He's been working on it for more than a year now. Is that right? That's right. He actually introduced it in October 2020 when the city was trying out new ways of getting people off the streets during the pandemic, and he wanted to see that done for everyone, a place for all, shelter created for every single person who needed it on the streets and offered to them, which the city does not currently have. Let's hear what Supervisor Mandelman had to say about his motivations for the legislation before he reintroduced it on Tuesday. Part of the problem that we have in San Francisco is that we simply don't have enough exits from the street, um, immediate exits, exits tonight. If we want to address our street conditions, if we want to address encampments on our sidewalks and in our plazas and in our parks, we have to have exits now. And we had been underinvesting in those. Okay, so Supervisor Mandelman wants the city to invest in more temporary shelter and mandate them for unhoused people. What's the breakdown for the types of temporary shelter that would be offered? What are we talking about here? Tents or hotel rooms? If this legislation is passed, it would be really up to the city's Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing to decide what would be the best options. There are some stipulations of what could be included because there was some pushback last year to the thought that the city would have to rely more on tent sites. They're called safe sleeping sites, which is basically where people can pitch their tents in certain spots 
spots, usually on parking lots. They get food, bathrooms, security. Those actually turned out to be really expensive and some people felt was not the best option for everyone. So now Supervisor Mandelman has said that he wants to mandate that at least half of the shelter options that would be created would be places with private rooms. So that could be a tiny home cabin or a hotel with a private room and a door that locks. So we're explicitly saying we're mostly, although we're not going to eliminate safe sleep sites as part of the the menu altogether, we're going to limit it and we're going to focus more on other types of non-congregate shelter, tiny homes, existing uh, apartment buildings where, um, you know, you, or hostels where, or hotels where units can be converted into temporary um, non-congregate uh, interim shelter placements. We're going to try to have the city do do more of this through that than through safe sleep sites. And then he also said that not more than 20% of the shelter options could be those safe sleeping sites with tents. But they want to make sure that they have a variety of things because to ensure the success, really, to make sure that we're meeting the needs of people on the streets. During the pandemic, we tried some new experiments. We Certainly, we set up the shelter-in-place hotels, um, which were a very attractive option. Happily, they were paid for um, by the federal government. We also started experimenting with safe sleep sites, which from my mind, are sort of the bare minimum of a safer environment than what's on the sidewalk. Um, You know, just the very least that we should be offering someone in terms of human dignity and a safe place to have a tent. Um, And there's a whole lot in between a safe sleep site and a a hotel room um, to get somebody off off the street tonight. And you mentioned that there was some pushback on Mandelman's original proposal. What were some of those main reasons why people were against it? One of the main things was what I just mentioned that there are, Mandelman said we want to have a variety of shelter options, but the reality is that we'd probably have to first rely on these safe sleeping sites, which are a lot easier to set up and find space for than getting a whole, say, hotel to house people in. But people said that's not the best option. It's also really expensive. The Chronicle reported last year that it costs $61,000 per tent per year for that program. At least it did during the pandemic. But there were some other concerns, and those concerns still exist, and I'm sure will come up from critics in this revamped proposal. One of those is that if San Francisco does create enough shelter, that will empower enforcement of certain laws that are on the books currently, laws such as they there are ordinances against sitting and lying during daytime hours on this on the streets. There's there is a law against tents being set up on sidewalks without permits. And so that concern is still there for some people who say if you set this up, it's a tacit approval of enforcement, especially if that involves police to sweep people off the streets if they don't accept whatever is offered to them. Now this proposal, you know, in its latest iteration has the backing of three supervisors. Who are they and what has he done to get their support? The three supervisors who are supporting now are Supervisor Catherine Stephanie, Myrna Melgar, and Matt Haney. And Matt Haney is the surprising one because last year he was one of just a couple supervisors who actually publicly debated this proposal. It never got to the full board for a vote. But Matt Haney had been critical, especially of the using the safe sleeping sites, saying this shouldn't be the model that we're relying upon. He was a big fan of shelter-in-place hotels that would get people inside a private space with more 
more dignity, and he saw that be really successful to reduce street homelessness, particularly in his district and in the Tenderloin where he lives during the pandemic. So he told Mandelman, is, is, this is what Haney told to me, that uh, he said, I'll support you if you have more diverse shelter options because he agrees mm. with him that it's unacceptable that we're letting people sleep on the streets when we're a wealthy city and when we could be creating options temporary options to fill a need for someone tonight while still trying to work on permanent solutions. To back up a little bit, can you explain to me what is San Francisco's current shelter capacity? As it stands right now, we probably wouldn't have enough beds to accommodate this kind of shelter mandate. How much more would we have to ramp up? It's unclear exactly how much more we would need. Right now, the latest count that I got as of a report that was submitted last year to the federal government is we have just around 2,000, almost 2,300 shelter spots and much more permanent housing options, although a lot of those options are already full. A lot of the permanent housing is already full. So you compare that number, maybe around 2,300, to the last count that we have of homelessness in the city was two years ago. So it's outdated. It was done before the pandemic. So it's probably different. But the best number that we have is that there were 8,000 people who were homeless and 5,000 of those were unsheltered, meaning they were literally sleeping on the streets or did not have anywhere else to live. Um, They weren't inside. So that's double the number that we see uh, um, of the shelter beds that we have. So it's clear that there's a mismatch there. Mm. Currently, San Francisco is already pumping a billion dollars to address the city's homelessness issue. We've been hearing a lot of resources have been spent on this issue, you know, converting tourist hotels into temporary housing spaces, street crisis teams. What would be the price tag for a shelter mandate like this? Again, it's not clear how much exactly it would cost. If this were passed, the city would do a report to say how much we actually need, how many spots we need, and also how much it might cost. But an estimate just based on how much in general it costs to shelter someone for one night, Mandelman said that it would be at least $20 million a year for 500 shelter placements. And that's just to run them. That's not the setup costs. Those can really differ because if this were passed, the city would look into what sites do we have existing already? What could we use? What could be repurposed? Or what could we set up new? So those costs would, would differ. So it would definitely be more than that, but not sure how much more. More with Mallory Mensch and Supervisor Raphael Mandelman after a quick break. What would happen to people who don't accept the city's offer of shelter? Mandelman will share his thoughts. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So any mandate would mean that there would be consequences for people who don't follow it. What would happen to unhoused people if they don't accept an offer of shelter? You touched on this earlier, but what is Mandelman and the other three supervisors who are supporting his proposal saying about that? 
The legislation itself doesn't mention enforcement, so it would be something that would be worked out in practicality after it was approved, if it was. But Mandelman and other supervisors do say that the city has laws on the books that I mentioned prohibiting some behavior that um, would pertain to people who are sleeping on the streets. Most San Franciscans do expect, you know, government to address this problem with enough seriousness and provide enough safe places for unhoused people that we can enforce our laws. And in the case where we are asking people, where we are offering people a decent alternative, I think most San Franciscans are okay with enforcing our rules, even if sometimes it requires a police officer to do it. And a lot of them do feel that if we do have enough shelter and we are offering it to people, we think it's unacceptable, we think it's unsafe for everyone involved to have people sleeping on the streets. There have been a number of fires in the last year in, in encampments throughout the city. Um, one of the things that prompted me to introduce A Place for All in the first place was having seen a very young woman in her early 20s um, running out of a tent on 16th Street, fully engulfed in flames. Most San Franciscans understand that these encampments are um, bad for the people who are in them and bad for the neighborhoods where they are landing and that we have to figure out a comprehensive and aggressive strategy for ending um, encampments in San Francisco. So in some cases, uh, they would support enforcement, particularly if there was illegal behavior uh, or unsafe behavior that was taking place on the streets. That definitely gets complicated when um, if there are also issues of, of mental illness or substance use. And uh, an estimate in the city about two years ago found that 4,000 of those people who were homeless also struggled with mental illness or substance use. So that would also need to have some other solutions, uh, whether it's caseworkers or offering treatment or trying to address other people's needs other than just getting them inside. So, Mallory, this isn't a novel idea, the idea of mandating shelter. Other cities have right-to-shelter laws like New York and Boston. How successful have the laws been over there? Well, those are, I think, complicated for people who live there. I, I think there's, of course, there can be problems with that. There's been a lot of reporting, especially in New York City, on the, the low quality of those shelters, mismanagement. There was an expose on abuse in them. Of course, things can always go wrong. Um, but I think a point that Mandelman and others are making is, well, if you look at the numbers, there's just simply less people on the streets and there is a lower proportion of people who are homeless who are unsheltered because there are those shelter options. There are cities and states that um, have right to shelter or shelter for all policies, and those um, places have much better street conditions than San Francisco does. New York, Massachusetts, you can criticize aspects of their homelessness response, but you cannot argue that they do a better job of managing unsheltered homelessness than we do. It seems to me, Mallory, that, you know, this legislation also addresses the need for an economic recovery in San Francisco. You know, people have pointed to encampments and homelessness as a deterrence for tourists and visitors. Does this also seem to be part of an economic recovery effort? I think it definitely is. I think Mandelman and other supervisors who are supporting this definitely speak to the need to to get people off the streets, that it's inhumane, that it can be dangerous and at times deadly for people who have died in encampments. When I talk about sort of the negative impacts of encampments on neighborhoods, I know because I hear from merchants in the Castro um, on a weekly basis um, about windows getting broken, um, about people with severe uh, behavioral health issues and, um, and substance use issues, making it, frankly, 
hard to impossible for people to attract, to retain their workforce, for small businesses to retain their workforce. There are a number of businesses who have um, clo- who have shut their doors, and there are other businesses that are at risk of shutting the do- their doors simply because of um, the inability to manage the the folks who are coming in off the streets through the door every single day. The mayor is in Europe right now, and she's trying to convince airlines and businesses to come back to San Francisco because it's very important to get all that money back to the city. And she said when she talks to business leaders that the street conditions and the perceived unsafety or the crime are problems that are at the forefront of their minds. Mm. So now what are the next steps for this legislation? What can we expect to happen now? So S- Supervisor Mandelman will be introducing this on Tuesday, and then it will be sent to a Board of Supervisors committee in, in the coming weeks, probably, or, or after a month. And then it will be discussed and debated by the committee members. Last year, it did not make it beyond committee. If it does pass committee, then it will go to the Board of Supervisors. And then if if they pass it and they need a majority to do that, um, then the mayor would sign it. But a big question here that is the legislation does not answer is how would this be funded? Right now, we don't know how much exactly it would cost. So there's no specific funding request attached to the proposal. But some people and Supervisor Hillary Ronan in particular said she's supportive of the concept. Concept, but she doesn't want to sign on if she doesn't know that the mayor and others are behind it and willing to put up a lot of money to make it a reality. And I'm guessing there will be quite a bit of public comment on this as well, right? That's right. There was just the one hearing last year on it in committee. It was hours long, uh, and it was very passionate, but I would say pretty equally divided between people who were in support and some people who were homeless saying this is not the best solution. And then on the other side, you had a lot more residents and business owners saying this is necessary. What's happening on the streets is is unacceptable for people living on the streets. It's unacceptable for us who are housed, and we need to do something about it. So a lot remains to be seen. Mallory, thank you so much for explaining it all to us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Mallory Mensch covers City Hall for The Chronicle. I want to thank her and Supervisor Raphael Mandelman for speaking with me. Mallory's story about Mandelman's proposed legislation is online now at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for editing this episode, and thanks to you for listening.